Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout Jesus. Hi, man. How many glad to be here tonight? Excited for what God is doing and going to do. Amen. If we have anybody here for the first time, we're going to have you stand up here and do a cartwheel for us tonight. Just kidding. If you're a guest, we want you to know you're welcome. Let's let anybody know they're welcome. I do see some faces. I know there was a lot of, lot of guests. We don't call them Pastor Andrews is here tonight over here. Pastor, just wave your hand. He, he changed that a lot of years ago. He said they're, they're not visitors, they're guests. So we try to say that you're a guest tonight, amen, and uh, we want you to come back, and if you come for the second or third time, you're in. Amen. We don't have membership cards or nothing like that. You just become part of the church, and, and I heard there was, someone sent me a picture Sunday of, of the whole Welcome Center uh, glass thing, almost empty, of the welcome bags that went out, and it was so exciting to see what God, and hear what God did. I want to thank Pastor Mario for such a great Word Sunday. I listened to it. It blessed me. Amen. Got great feedback. And I, and I bring greetings tonight from Garland and Pastor Brian and Joy. It was a great service over there. Amen. And uh, we went over there to preach. I hadn't been for a year. And I'm excited about being able to, as time goes on, continue to be able to go to these churches and to our, to our uh, baby churches and preach for them and minister to them and and see, the, see what God is doing um, there in a building, amen, in a good first building. They had guests. They had uh, someone got saved. There was a great spirit there, and God is doing it. It's on Broadway. That's a good, way to be on, a good road to be on. They're just right off the freeway, so I'm super excited about what God is going to do. And I was also blessed and honored and humbled to uh, dedicate their son, whose name is Namdi Blake, well away. So they put his middle name after me, which is a really big honor with it being a Nigerian. Amen. So he wanted us to go over there. He had family there and he said he's probably the only Nigerian in the world with the name Blake. <laughs> so super, super exciting that Carla was able to go with me as well. So, uh, but I just heard such good things. And so if I didn't get to meet you Sunday, I look forward to meeting you. Um, tonight is, is an exciting night, as Santo said, because we're finishing up something that's going to continue. Amen? How many can, can really trust and believe that what we have done during this fast is going to continue? Now, the exciting thing is, and the interesting thing about the things of God, is how you begin to realize that everything you do is seen unseen or seen by people and you can fake it till you make it but if you didn't really get involved you're going to be missing out when the blessings the breakthrough the miracles and all those things happen right so you could you could just play along there yeah I did this I did that and all that but when you really get a hold of God and you really say I'm going to stick with something I'm going to do something God comes through and so he he and I'm going to get into that in a little bit tonight because I have a uh, kind of a mixture of finishing up this series and then a, a word that I feel like the Lord gave us um, from the Old Testament that's prophetic, amen. 
But uh, I also, before I get into the word tonight, um, just want to have uh, Pastor Jose come up here and say hi. He's here from Costa Rica tonight, amen, visiting for a few days. I just want him to greet you and uh, give a quick report on what God's doing. How's everybody? Well, just happy to be here. My, my family has been here for three weeks already, but uh, Pastor was saying that I needed to stay at, in Costa Rica with my church. So I think that's important, right? Okay, I just want to say hi, say thank you to everybody here, because you're always making us feel like family. Uh, I know this is my home, and I, it feels like home every time I come back. I want to say thank you also, because because of your obedience to Jesus and because of your faithful tithing and your and your faithful offering, we're able to do a lot of things in Costa Rica, as so many of the small churches here and so many churches in Nicaragua and everywhere in the world. So don't think that it's only you guys. You're helping bringing souls, new souls to the Lord every day. So I want to say thank you. And last, to take no more time from Pastor, I just want to say that what a month. What a month. It's been amazing, the fast. And even though we're finishing our fast today, this has to be the beginning of our life fasting. You know that the Lord said that when we fast, as thinking that is something that we do that goes along with our praying, with our coming to church, with our testifying, and everything that we need to do for the Lord. So to us in Costa Rica, it's been amazing. We have a couple that, I, I, it's always funny to me to say this, but we have a couple that it was shacking up. That's, that's how you say it? That just got married before we came here. Uh, we got people, we, we went praying to some families that were in a spiritual battle. We, I woke up 3 o'clock in the morning, was praying with them for a week at 4 in the morning. It was the only time of the day that everybody was at the house. So we prayed for them, and, and they're being healed. I mean, this fasting has been amazing. So let's keep it up. It's not just for the beginning of the year. This is the start of fasting as something that we do for the Lord through our life. So thank you and clap to the Lord. Yes. Amen. If you want to hear Pastor Jose preach, he's going to be preaching this Sunday at the Spanish service. Amen. So be here and invite somebody. He's going to have a good word from the Lord. Amen. And uh, so just, just that's what the Holy Spirit's saying. How many, you don't have to, you don't have to raise your hand, but this is an internal thing. How many are decided tonight that you're going to keep this going? I'm not talking about 31 days straight. I'm talking about the, the decisions that you made, the disciplines that you made. This is, I mean, even for me, for being saved so many years, I, I, me and Pastor Jose were talking about this. I'm so thankful to Pastor Paul for making this fast. Is anybody else thankful? Anybody going to thank him when you see him? Because if he doesn't do this as a fellowship, you know, we might not think about it. We might not uh, do it. And so it's been several years we've been doing 21 days. But I think going forward, we should keep doing the whole month of January because, you know, 21 days, they say, forms a habit. And so if you don't take a few days serious, you don't get that habit fixed. But when you do 31, that's more than 21, and you get something. And so the disciplines that you got in your prayer life and in reading the Word and, and eating and fasting meals and maybe deciding some things you're not going to eat anymore, 
deciding some things on social media you're not going to look at anymore or, or getting off social media, all those things. Don't just go back tomorrow and gorge on everything. Don't just open up everything and, and lose everything you just lost in the last month. But make decisions. And, and, and again, you might have some things you, don't, you just say, I'm not, even, I'm not even going back to that again. My, that account's closed. I don't need Instagram. I don't need Facebook. I don't need this. I don't need that. Because the flesh is just waiting. I mean, no, the flesh is just waiting for you to go back to your old ways. And so we need to really, really buckle down because I believe that this is going to be the best year we've ever had, the most fruit we've ever seen, the biggest harvest we've ever seen. Not only is it now, it's going to be great, and it's going to be powerful, and it's going to be mighty. Amen? How many believe that tonight? Amen. Pastor Mario, do you want to say anything from the fast? You're more than welcome. Okay, you good? All right. You preach Sunday, right? You got it all out. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. If you didn't hear the message, go back and listen to it, because a lot of what he was saying was how the Lord worked on him and things. And that's, it's not just food or just social media. It's, it's examining ourselves, and that's what this whole series has been. Just to remind you, let's put up the title tonight. If anybody's new, haven't been here, We've been doing a series that the Lord put on my heart before the fast was even began that I know without a doubt is going, is, is, it has, is, and will continue to bring forth fruit. Amen. I've heard feedback. You don't always get to hear that. I've, I've had people testify. I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but people have told me this series has changed my life. We, I've had people that have come to me and said, we need, we need counseling, or, or can, can I meet with you and your wife? I've got a problem. I'm, I'm dealing with the situation. And, and one lady, like I said, I'm not to, to embarrass anybody, but one lady, so you don't know who she is, came and said, Pastor, because of this series, I don't need to meet with you anymore. God has dealt with me. He's fixing things on me. He's changed what I, what I needed to talk about. Amen? And that's what praying and fasting does. So, so like I said last Wednesday and like I said last Sunday, you're in the right place tonight. You're where you're supposed to be. How many believe that? God is, is doing something, and what he's done is nothing compared to what he's going to do. And, and this year is going to be an amazing year of, of harvest, an amazing year of breakthrough, an amazing year of, of, of salvations and change and transformation, and, and you're part of it. God's going to use you. Amen? So all month we've been talking about what are the stumbling blocks in my life? What are the things that I need to get out of my life that are causing me to, to stumble myself, causing others to stumble in their faith, causing them to not grow, uh, causing them to not do the things for God that they want? And so, again, if you're here for the first time, the simple idea has been in my life, in your life, when, we, when someone looks at our life, looks at our talk, looks at our walk, listens to our words, sees our actions, sees our reactions, all those different things, is our life in such a way that we're a stepping stone where, where people are saying, I, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to know the Jesus that person preaches and lives. Or are we living our life in such a way that would be hypocritical, that would be false, that would be fake, that would be uh, detrimental to somebody where they would say, you know what, if that's what a Christian is, I'm good right where I'm at. And we know tonight that that, unfortunately, is a big reason why. It doesn't mean they're going to be off the hook. But it's a big reason why so many people don't come to church. 
The atheists in the world have a good reason because they see Christians saying they're Christians and they're followers of Christ. But our actions and our words and our reactions don't symbolize the life of Jesus. I'm talking in general, of course. And so we want to be a church that, that gets out of our own way. How many know sometimes we can get in our own way? We're, we're the problem. And, and we, when we look in the mirror and we say, you know what? God's not moving, not because so-and-so or so-and-so or so-and-so. It's, it's me. I'm the problem. Well, that was a good place to say amen, but you missed it. Amen? Look at the person in the mirror. It's me. I, I, I need to, what can I do different? How can I be better at this? And so we've been talking this whole month about this, and for the first three weeks there were some really hard, strong verses. And then last week we, we talked about Jesus uh, being the one who says, if you fed me, if you visited me, if you did this, if you did that, you clothed me. You've done it unto me, and they said, to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And they said, when have we done it? And he said, whenever you do it to somebody else, you do it to me. And so it's that way, stumbling block or stepping stone, amen? I'm super excited about the small groups that are starting up this week, amen? And, and that, the growth that that's going to bring. I think we've got as many as we've ever had, a lot of good groups. So, so if you're here and you're new, get in a group. It's something during the week to go over the message Get radical for Jesus. Amen. Tell the person next to you, get radical for Jesus. Amen. So, so we've been talking about how we don't want to hear the words, depart from me, I never knew you. We want to hear the words, enter in, good and faithful servant. And so I want to finish this tonight with another stepping stone and, and just praying and asking God to guide me. And uh, it's good to see all these young people with their notebooks taking notes. Amen. It's, it's good to see all these young people wanting to hear the gospel. Uh, Galatians chapter 6. I want to pick up tonight. This, this is the finish of the message. And then I'm going to give a word at the end that's going to be kind of prophetic for the future. For what I believe God is doing this year. And uh, it's Galatians 6 verse 1. I'm going to read a few verses here. And this kind of sums up again where we're at. Stumbling block or step or stone. Brethren. It, that's you, by the way. That's you and I. If a man or a woman is overtaken in any trespass, in other words, if they mess up, you who are spiritual, that, what, what does that mean? That means you who are, who are in the right place, you who are having the right mind, you are, who are, who are having the right heart, uh, who are mature in the Lord. Restore such a one, and how many know this would go a long ways, in a spirit of gentleness. Now don't misinterpret the fact that there are times when you need to spank your kid, not just tell them, listen. Right? So we've been kind of talking about that all month. But my papa, my wonderful papa, used to say you can get a lot further with sugar than you can lemons. Right? In other words, make it sweet. Make it to where it's edible. And, and uh, we have to try when we have a problem and someone has failed or someone's made a mistake to restore them in a spirit of gentleness. And this kind of t t ties it all up too. It says, considering yourself, lest, let's just leave verse 1 up there, lest you also be tempted. All month we've been reminding ourselves, I can fall, right? Anybody can fall at any time. And, and we can be a stumbling block over ourselves. But more than that, we've been talking about how we need to remember who we were. Don't get saved and changed and start coming to church and, and serving God and, and all that. And then and get to a place where you forget who you used to be. 
how messed up and dirty and ugly and sinful you were when you came into the church. Amen? Remember that. So, so that when now, and listen, I'm talking to myself, when somebody makes a mistake and messes up, we've got to have a spirit of gentleness to say, how would I have needed to be treated in my moment of mess up? In my moment of despair, what, what would I have needed someone to say to me? Now listen, this goes, this goes like what I just said. Sometimes we need a, a slap on the back. We need a, a hit on the behind. We need that, right? But that's the hard thing about ministry is learning, just like you do with your kids, how to know when to, how to, know when to spank and how to know when to lift up, Right? I mean, you can be, I've just found out as this generational thing's going on. I can't remember which grandchild, it must have been Everett. No, it was Briar. Briar just got a little spanking the other day, and I always think, I'm always thankful for that. Because I teach him, teach him to spank. But Desi came back, and she said, you won't believe this. I said, you remember how I used to be? Remember what I used to do when you spanked me? Because I always look at when a kid gets spanked, and they come back, if they're not crying... If they're happy, they didn't get spanked right. So I was questioning a little bit, and I know Desi's watching right now, but I was questioning a little bit, and, and uh, she actually came over and she saved herself because I was wondering. He was a little bit happy, but she said, you know, you remember when you used to spank me and I used to get mad and pucker up and say that didn't hurt? Well, that's what Briar just did to me. And she said, my hands are red and his butt's red, right? So she, because I've, t- I've taught my kids too, you got to get past the diaper, Sometimes you got to pull the diaper down. Too much padding there, amen? But that's the way God is with us too sometimes. Sometimes he's got to spank us hard. He's got to get our attention. And then there's other times where it's the affirmation. But the truth is, God wants to restore. Amen? That, how many remember that's the whole plan? He wants to save. That's what this is lost. He wants to restore. That's what has been stolen from the enemy. So, here it's telling us in Galatians, if someone is overtaken, and we can do this as a church, sometimes it's individually, it says restore that person in a spirit of gentleness. Let's keep reading. Bear one another's burdens. That's part of whether I'm a stumbling block or a stepping stone. So fulfilling the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, I thank God today. I want you, I'm, I'm stopping a little bit on each one of these because I'm, I'm letting the Holy Spirit lead me. I remember, or I thank God today myself for our fellowship. I thank God for what we're a part of. If you're new, you're going to realize, listen, we're not the only church, but there's something special about us. Okay, that's the truth. If you've ever been around lots of churches, you'll know that. If you've never been in churches, don't go try to figure it out. Just trust us. There's something special. And I can look back on my life. I've said this before. I have no doubt. I'd not to lift my. I know God gave me a gift to speak, to preach. That's why I'm fulfilling it. But you can start to believe that you're something in the kingdom of God. And I thank God that we have a fellowship that we work together with each other to make sure, along with our wives helping us, that we stay humble. Amen. My wife keeps me humble. Very humble. Amen? Y'all following me? And so I remember when, when I was getting opportunities to preach in big churches and, 
and, and mega churches and with all the big wigs and all the big names that I could name and preach on that same platform. It wasn't that I was looking for that. It was a door that opened. My heart was pure. My heart was right. But I was being pulled into that life, pulled into that mega church mentality and just without even knowing it. And Pastor Jones just so gently told me, Blake, you don't want to go. To, don't go down that road. That's all he said. Gently, don't go down that road. So he saved me from myself. Because I, instead of being here in Denton with what we're doing tonight, I could be somewhere else. I could be, I've lost my marriage like so many have. I could be believing other things. I could be off on the deep end of my beliefs, all these different things. But God keeps us humble, and he uses people. And that's, a, that's, a, that's what happens in a healthy church is that we're helping each other stay humble, Right? That we're, we're, how many know tonight? We're nothing. That, that's the truth. We're nothing. Without Jesus, we're nothing. And don't ever let us ever forget that he's the reason we're here tonight. Do you all remember that tonight? Jesus is the reason we're here. So if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let's, let one, each one, just watch as I'm reading these verses how it's just going to tie this whole month together. Let each one examine his own work. We're so good at examining each other's work. Can I get a whistle or an amen right there? Right? We're always focused on the grass next door. We're always focused on what's wrong with somebody else. It says, let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not another. Some people live their entire lives off of the blessings and fruit of somebody else. Because as they're watching him and judging him, they're also not doing anything that they should do. And they just get passed by and that other person is figuring it out and they see fruit. How many want to see fruit in your life tonight? And so we can rejoice to know, I'm, I'm doing this. This is between me and God. This goes back to exactly what I said about the fast. You're, and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's a few verses down, so I'm not going to not say too much here. But what you did in, in secret will be revealed in public. And I'm, I'm focusing on the good side, okay? So, so let us examine our own work and not another, for each one shall bear his own load. You know what happens when a church is seeing revival? Each person is doing what they're supposed to do. No one's sitting back saying, well, someone else will do it. Someone else, and it goes as far as someone else will pick up that piece of trash on the ground. Somebody else will take the trash out. Somebody else will clean the bathroom. Somebody else will go to outreach. Somebody else will show up to Spanish service. Somebody else will be at the prayer meeting. Right? That's not, when we go, no, I, I got to be there because I'm important to this service tonight. Look at how many are here tonight. You're important to this service. You're bearing your own load. I told you when you're not here, it's not the same. Church isn't the same when you miss. Don't ever let the devil lie to you that that's not true. You're bearing your own load. Okay? Now watch what he keeps saying. Watch this. Verse 5. Let him who's taught in the, who, who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. This is what I want you to see more than anything. God is not mocked. So what we're going to see now, listen again, this is not for condemnation. If you didn't fast one day, this is not for condemnation. I don't believe anybody did that. I don't believe anybody just sat by and watched this thing go by. You may not have done what you wanted to do. You may not have been as involved as you should have. But I believe everybody participated. But this is what it's trying to say. It, we, God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, 
he will reap. You can't sit back and look at someone's life and go, I want to reap what they reap, but you don't sow what they sow. Right? Aren't we good at that? Lord, how come you're not moving in my life like that? How come my marriage doesn't look like that? How come I don't have that financial blessing? How come I didn't get the raise? How come I'm not being used like that? How come I'm not being... We can have that attitude and realize that they're paying a price. Nothing happens by accident. So whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. And if I want to see a harvest, i got to put some seeds in the ground. And it's coming. The, 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 the harvest is now. This isn't just... I want you to understand something. This isn't like, we don't just sit around and go, okay, what sounds good? What sounds good for 2024? How many believe that when something is spoken from a pulpit or a church or the word of God, it's prophetic? It's been heard from the Lord. The Lord has spoke it and and it comes out. That's why when you go, how how, how come he knows what's going on in my life? Who told him? When you hear that in a message, it's not anything that has to do with us. It's the Holy Spirit. And he works. He reveals. He shows things. And he talks to us. And so this is, the harvest is coming. The harvest is now. It's going to be great. But it has to do with what we sow. And if we're sowing discord, if we're, and I'm not trying to focus on this because I'm trying to get past all that. But just reminding you, if we're sowing discord, if we're sowing jealousy, if we're sowing gossip, if we're sowing those things, then don't think you're going to reap a harvest of good things. You're going to reap what you sow. And just a couple days ago, we were doing some work. David Quintanilla, I want to thank God for him uh, giving his time to do some work on the new land over there for an RV that we have for some future stuff we're going to use and running water from the freeway all the way back to the back of the property, long, long ways, and um, really using his talent of his business to do that. And, and so he, on Monday, I believe, uh, rented the ditch witch and the, you know, the trencher and went and, and took that line all the way out to the back with a trencher, and um, thank God, the land where he, 90% of where he went, it, it, there was no rocks. Thank the Lord. I did a 10-foot spot in my house and found nothing but boulders every, every six inches. So thank the Lord, it got back there. And he ran that line, some people showed up and helped, and, and it was fast, because he knows what he's doing. But as I was, so I got there, Pastor Jose and I went up there uh, to help yesterday, and, and um, we were just going to go for a couple hours. It turned into about seven or eight, and that's how it works, amen. And, and we both were willing to grab a shovel, and thankfully uh, for me, Pastor Jose got the shovel, <laughs> amen. But I was willing. I said, David said, what do you want to do? I said, we're here. Just tell us what to do. And so he gave Pastor Jose the shovel and told me to get on the, on the, on the trencher. And uh, I acted like I knew what I was doing. I thank God for my riding lawnmower. Gave me a little bit of experience. And uh, I didn't tell him I had never ridden on one before. But I got on there, and, and I started. He told me to use the, you know, the blade to push the dirt over, and she's just going to go along. And, and all that dirt that was on the sides just pushed right back over the hole and then go back over it again with the tires. But at, listen, as I was doing that, kind of near the end of the day, I just felt like the Lord was telling me, we've been digging, we've been trenching, we've been putting seeds in the ground, we've been doing what we're supposed to do, and God says, now as you're putting that dirt back on, that dirt that's pouring on there, and he's going to bring a harvest. As that dirt is pouring into that hole, stuff's going to start coming out. How many believe that? 
I don't say stuff like that very often, but I, could, I just had a vision right there when I was doing that. And God showed me that that's what this is talking about. So whatever you've put into the ground, whatever you have prayed for, whatever you have sowed for, don't expect anything less than a return on it. Amen? And know that great, amazing, I believe things have already happened this month, but what's coming, and I've been telling you that for years, there's no doubt that the land we have, there's no doubt that everything that God's done with all these churches is because of these fasts. Every year that we've, we've sown and we've sown and we've sown, and then we've given and we've given and we've given, and God, he says, it's now, amen, it's coming, and I'm trying not to get ahead of myself again. Now, verse 8, this is still the finishing of the, of the, of the series. For he who sows to his flesh will also of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. That's what fasting does. Helps us get our spirit right. And here's the key. Let us not grow weary in doing good. So when you're fasting, it's not about a pat on the back. It's not about who knows what you're doing. It's about you and the Lord. Times like we talked about where you were hungry. Times we talked about where you were grouchy. Times you talk, we talk, like we talked about where you were in a spiritual battle. Something spiritual was happening and you were fighting it out and you were pushing through. And you're saying, devil, I'm not going to lose this battle. We're going to win this battle. It says, if you don't grow weary while doing good, in due season, you, if you don't, if you, if we shall reap if we don't lose heart. How many haven't lost heart tonight? How many are not going to lose heart tonight? How many are going to keep doing this and keep staying the course and watch what God's going to do? Because I'm telling you, the due season, somebody say it with me, is now. Amen? Things you've been believing for, things you've been asking for, things you've been praying for are going to come in in the mighty name of Jesus. Now watch verse 10. And he says, all these things, he says, as we have opportunity, you realize if you've been here long enough, that's all we get up here and do is give you an opportunity? Let's just let's 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 lift our hands to the Lord. You have an opportunity to lift your hands. Let's clap and sing. You have an opportunity to clap and sing. Let's pray. You have an opportunity to pray. Let's take up the offer. Let's give today. Missions is coming up Sunday. Here's an opportunity for you to sow seed. You realize we're never sitting behind you going, you should do this, you should do that. We're presenting opportunities to you. Opportunities to serve. You want to serve? You want to be used? Here's, here's an opportunity. Here's a, here's a place of ministry. How many are seeing that? Maybe you haven't seen it. You need to see it. That's where we're presenting you opportunities to, to serve, to do things for the Lord. And he says, as you have the opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. How many know we should treat everybody good, but we should especially treat each other good? Right? Because how many have come to find the family here in the church that you didn't have in your own family a lot of times? The love, the support, the respect, the help, amen, the partnership. That If you might have that in your family, praise God, but there's something about the dynamic of a church family. And that God intended it for this to be this. You can have a a totally messed up family and come here and still have a totally messed up family. Amen. But that loves Jesus. That's what sets us apart. We're still messed up. We still got lots of problems, make lots of mistakes. But we're all striving and trying to get to heaven together. 
That's all we're doing tonight is try to honor and glorify Jesus. Lift up his name and let his name be glorified in all our words and our actions and everything we do. Amen. Is that true? Amen. So, so the ending of this tonight is I sh- shift into the second part, and it's not going to be as long. Don't worry. I don't even know how long I've been talking, but this is a, a word I think the Lord has for us from the Lord. So everybody good on this series? Did anybody enjoy, any, enjoy it and get something out of it? How many are going to be stepping stones? Amen. No stumbling blocks. Stepping stones. But I want to go to Isaiah 57, and I've been reading this for several weeks. And just asking the Lord to show me when. I didn't know if, if he was going to have me um, read it. But this is, I believe this is what God is doing and wants to do. Isaiah 57. Give me an amen when you're there. Someone that's got it in their Bible. Phones don't count. Not that you can't look there. That's fine. Remember that the Word of God and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God lives in the beginning, He lives in the now, and He lives in the future. He's outside of time. Everything in the Bible, take it down just for one second. Everything in the Bible, remember, 2 Timothy 3 says, every word is inspired by God. It's for correction and and rebuke and growth. and So every word means something. And it can mean something just as much when it was written as it will a thousand years from now. His word is alive. It's living. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so we understand that when we're reading something today, right now we're about to read something from Isaiah 57, which is a 2,700-year-old book. That's pretty old. 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah prophesied all the things that Jesus was going to do. That, the book I'm about to read, the verses I'm about to read, are as real now, as prophetic now, as supernatural today as they were when they were written, and as real as they'll be during the millennial reign, which is another part of what Isaiah is preaching towards. Does that make sense? So it's just as, and let me say this again in case you missed that, it was just as real as Isaiah was writing the words down when he wrote them hearing the voice of God. 2,700 years ago for them right there. But at the same time he was writing those words, he was prophesying to us today in 2024. And the same prophecy that's coming to us today in 2024 will be relevant in 500 years during the millennial reign. Is that amazing or not? That's how God's word works. And every word in that book is for us. And God is speaking to different people at different times. There's always, for example, again in Isaiah, there's an ultimate fulfillment at the very end to his people Israel. But we don't replace and take the place of Israel. There's a time that God's going to deal with them, but the words he's speaking to them in, in Isaiah when it was written and for the thousand years ahead is also written for us in 2024. It's powerful. It's prophetic. It's supernatural. And there are certain times, every word we speak is amazing, but there are certain times when there's a such a time as this. When things begin to collaborate and people get on board and, and, and as Pastor Jones says, that we begin to mobilize the way the church is supposed to mobilize. Where, where the church becomes self-sufficient. 
auto-efficient, where the church begins to function, going back to what we read in Galatians, where every single person says, I'm a part of this. If I'm not a part of this, not only is it not going to be as good as it can be, but I'm going to miss out on what God has for me. I'm not a spectator. I'm part of the kingdom of God. God has a plan and a purpose for me. And if I could just realize that tonight, that every word spoken is not just speaking to the person next to me or the person behind me, but the word is speaking to me. And I take it personally for me, and I say, that's my word. That word is for me right now. I take it, I receive it, and I let it do what God can do from that word. But you have to have that attitude. This word's for me. When you come on a Wednesday night like this, say, I'm coming to get the word God has for me. I don't know what anybody else is going to get, but I'm going to get a word. So I believe that this is what God is, is doing. And, I, and just as a little precursor, I was talking a little bit about this in, in Garland and with Pastor Brian and Joy and his, his brother and sister, sister and brother, sister and brother-in-law after. And uh, I believe that there's a generation right now of people who have been hurt by the church, not that the church even did anything wrong, they, but they had saw, uh, either saw a bad example in people in the church or they were taken to church, as we jokingly say, but truthfully, drugged to church, right? They were drugged to church, like made to go to church. And God blessed people who, who were trying their best to get their family, their kids to church and their grandkids to church, but they took them to a church that was dead or they took them to a church that didn't have a real, real truth or, or real love or real outreach, and it became religion, and they were raised in it. And, and some of y'all, I know, I know exactly who I'm talking to. Some of you in here were those people. And you were around it, and you, and you thought to yourself, if that's what God is, I don't need it. Does anybody believe that there's a generation of people out there right now who have had that kind of influence? Again, it doesn't take away from them having to stand before God themselves, but they need to see the real church. They need to see and hear the real gospel. That's what I'm praying for this year, that we're going to see such a move of God that people are going are to see beyond the, the little things, beyond the little mistakes, beyond the human error, and they're going to see God is doing something in that place. I, I don't quite understand it, but when I go there, I want to change. When I show up at that place, something makes me want to be different. I want to be like Jesus. And, and some of you are in that process right now, and you don't even quite understand what God is doing, but he is turning you into a new creation. He's taking the old desires away and he's putting in a new heart. He's taking out the heart of stone and giving you a heart of flesh. And you don't quite understand it. And you're thinking, I, I've been to church before, but this isn't the church I was raised in. And you're, you're thinking, what's going on here? But just stick around and let God continue to speak to you. And you're going to find what's called a relationship with Jesus Christ the living God. Amen? Am I talking to anybody in here tonight? I believe I am. But I'm, I'm talking to you that's sitting here right now, but I'm prophesying over some that are coming, that are sitting at a bar right now, that are shooting up right now, that are in a wrong relationship right now with the wrong sex right now doing things they shouldn't do, thinking things they shouldn't do, pastors, kids, all, ki all kinds of people across the board. They're out there right now, and they're just waiting for us to get this revelation of what God wants to do in 2024 through Victory World Outreach Denton and Victory World Outreach around the world. We just got to get the vision and, and go because it's now.
So now I'm going to read it. Amen. Isaiah 57, verse 14. This is in the New Living Translation. God says, rebuild the road. Rebuild the road. That's, those stumbling blocks are, are out the way now. Now we're clear the rocks and stones. The King James and New King James actually says, remove the stumbling blocks. So I believe the word of the Lord tonight to us on Wednesday night is he's saying, we've removed the stumbling blocks now. Now they're out the way. I've, God says, I spent a month getting, your, getting these things out the way. Now it's time to rebuild the road. And, 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 and the rock, clear the rocks and the stones. So watch what it says. So my people can leave it there for just a second. So my people can return from captivity. Isn't this amazing that when Isaiah wrote this 2,700 years ago, he was talking about some people who were in captivity. Today, 2,700 years later, he's talking about some people who are in captivity. Not the same physical place, not the same spiritual captivity, but the same uh, spirit of the enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Is anybody getting this? People are bound tonight by their sin. They're bound tonight by their religion. They're bound tonight by their pride. They're bound by whatever it is. And God says, clear the way, rebuild the road, and I'm going to return people from captivity. Amen. Amen. This is a Sunday morning message right here. Amen. I'm giving it to you on a Wednesday. Verse 15. The high and lofty one. That's, that's, not, that's not the devil. That's God. He's the high and lofty one, amen, who lives in eternity. Watch this. The holy one says, see, this is a prophetic word right now for whoever wants to grab it. Don't let it go over your head tonight. I live in the high and holy place, watch this, with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. The ones who are going to catch this tonight are the ones who've taken this fast serious. And right now, you're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. Because you have been putting your flesh in, play, in check for the last 31 days. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Amen. I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore, God says, the crushed spirit of the humble. And I revive the courage of those with what? Shout it out. Repentant hearts. What brings revival is when people say, God, I am sorry for who I've been. I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for the life I've lived. I'm done with that. I want to start over. How many are thankful tonight that we serve a God that will let you start over? Hallelujah. I, I give that courage and revive those that have a repented heart. What do you got to do to get that? Just repent. Just be sorry and mean it. Like really be sorry with the intent of turning around and never going back to that same thing again. Not with the words that say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to do that. And the next day you're doing it again. Not that repentive, but the repentive that says, I'm done. I'm done doing that. I don't, I'm not touching that anymore. I'm not smoking that anymore. I'm not drinking that anymore. I'm not thinking that anymore. I'm not going there anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. Change. That's who I used to be. That's who I once was. But now I'm a new creation. Keep going. For I will not fight against you forever. And don't take that wrong. That means I'm not going to deal with you forever. 
I won't always be angry. If I were, all people would pass away. All the souls I have made. I was angry, so I punished the greedy people. I withdrew from them, but they kept on going their own stubborn way. If you read this Bible and think you don't understand it, that's all it is, is a bunch of people who have been stubborn instead of being obedient. All God wants is the best for us. If you try to say, Pastor, I just don't understand, it's real simple. God loves you, has a plan for you, has a purpose for you, wants you to have a great life. He wants to be blessed. He wants you to have peace. All he wants you to do is obey and run with him instead of running against him. Amen? If you'll start running with him and stop running against him, you'll see a great breakthrough in your life. It's never changed. It's been the same story. And those who want to be greedy and those who want to be haughty and those who want to fight against God will lose. Amen? They'll keep going their own stubborn way. Somebody say, that's not going to be me. Amen? I'm not going to go my own stubborn way. And every single one of us have a stubborn way. Oh, if we could see your stubbornness. If you could see my stubbornness. Amen? It starts when we're little babies. Amen. I have seen what they do. I'm going to ask the musicians to come, by the way. Watch this, but don't stop listening. I have seen what they do. This is God speaking, but I will heal them anyway. That's not how I would be. But see, I'm not God. Is anybody thankful? I'm thankful you're not God. I'm thankful God is a God of mercy and a God of grace. And we need to be merciful and graceful like God has been with us. He says, I see what they do, but I'll heal them anyway. I will lead them. I will comfort those who mourn. I'm telling you, at least one person is going to walk away with this tonight. But I believe there's at least five. Hopefully 50. Okay, let's finish here. Bringing words of praise to their lips. May they have abundant peace. Would anybody like to have abundant peace? Not just peace, but abundant peace. See, this is what the world's looking for that they can't buy. May they have abundant peace both near and far, says the Lord, who heals them. And then he just finishes off with just a little reminder, kind of like he did with Job, but I am God. But those who still reject me are like the restless sea, which is never still but continually churns up mud and dirt. And watch this, verse 21. There is no peace for the wicked, says God. But God is a God who is relentless about bringing us back to him. Amen? Does anybody receive that word tonight? Abundant peace. Amen? Repented hearts. Transformed lives. Amen? He's going to bring us out of captivity. We've been fasting for things. I want to give you a word tonight. If you've been fasting for things and you've been asking God to take it away, I want to tell you something. It's already gone. Just don't go back to it. Don't pick it up. Don't look at it again. Don't think it again. It's gone. It's done. You're free in Jesus' name. Let's stand all over this place. How many believe you're free tonight? How many believe you're free tonight? How many believe that outside of these walls there are people who are captive in their sin tonight and God is just waiting for us to go tell them you can be free? Amen? There's not going to be any room in here. My vision's going to come to pass in Jesus' name.
People are going to sit on this stage this year. I believe that. We might not, it might not be good for the fire marshal. It might not be good for, for smell. It might not be good for heat and air and all that stuff. I'll sweat. I don't care. But I'm, I'm going to see people sit on this stage because there's no place to sit. Come on. How many believe it? You believe it? We're going to see it. The harvest is now. Amen. Thus says the Lord. Father, tonight I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that this word would be released that the devils fought me on. I know it's from you, Lord. I know it because I know how you work. I know how the devil works. I know how the anointing works. I know how your spirit works. And Lord, tonight there are people in this place. I hope everybody did. But there's some people who got this tonight. And they're going to go out of this place transformed. And they're going to see a harvest, Lord, that they've never seen before personally. Not just corporately. We're going to see it corporately. But God, they're going to see it personally tonight. Because they have grabbed it and said, that's my word. That's for me tonight. And some of you in this place are the exact people that I was describing. And even in the last six months, you have come out of that life. You have come out of that way of being your whole life. Raised in church. Taken to church. Had a bad example. And you've gone, you've never, you, before you came in and heard the truth, you really had never known Jesus. You knew about him, but you didn't know him. And God is revealing himself to you tonight. And he has been revealing. And God is stirring your heart. He's stirring your spirit. He is giving you a vision of souls. He's giving you things to do. He's giving you people to witness to. There's a burden on your heart right now for, for lost people. He's putting family members in your heart. He's putting neighbors in your heart. He's putting co-workers in your heart. God is telling you right now, I can save them all if you'll just open your mouth and tell them I'm, I'm able I can save them all. God is relentless in His love for us. His love is amazing. His mercy is new every morning. And great is His faithfulness tonight. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this congregation, how many right now in this place, you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior not, not the Jesus that your family told you about or the church that you went to talked about, but you, you want to know him personally tonight as the King of glory, as the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, and the bright and morning star, and the salvation of this world, and the way, the truth, and the life. If you're here and you don't know him and you want to tonight, just put your hand up quickly and say, pray for me right now, Pastor. I need that Jesus you're talking about. I see your hand. How many more? Quickly, all over this place. I'm going to move fast. How many more? You want to know him tonight? Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. I'm not asking if you've been to church. I'm not asking you've got a Bible in your hand. Have you met Jesus? Have you met G- that, that Jesus that said in his word tonight, I will forgive you of your sins. I will I'll have mercy on you. I'll bring you out of your captivity. We're not asking you to be members. We're not asking you to change denominations. None of that's in heaven anyways. Just say, I need Jesus tonight. I, I've been doing it wrong. I've been trying on my own. Tonight I'm giving Jesus a, my life so he can transform me. I'm going to wait just a few more moments How many more? I need Jesus. I'm talking about first time. You've never done that prayer before, and you want to be saved. You're watching online tonight. You're listening on the podcast. We're going to pray with you in just a second. You're going to have your chance to pray with us. 
How many more? Maybe you're here tonight and you know Jesus, but you're backslidden. You're, you're, you're running away. That's what Isaiah was talking about. People who have, have known him and, and need to come back. Amos talks about that. People who've known him. Jeremiah talks about that. People who've known him, tasted his goodness, Hebrew says, and they need to come back to their first love. How many tonight, through the power of the Holy Spirit, could say, Pastor, I don't know what tomorrow brings. I need to get right tonight. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Just lift up your hand right now. Put it up and put it right back down all over this place. Amen. If you raise your hand real quickly, we're going to move into a, a different part of the service, and you're serious. You want Jesus right now. Just, just step out of your seat to the nearest aisle and come down here. I'm going to pray with you. Just come quickly. You raised your hand. <clears throat> Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Amen. Don't look around. Amen. Come on. Just come. Just come. Just come. Come on. Somebody will come stand behind you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Come with him. Amen. Come stand by him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all golf clapping or clapping for Jesus? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. How many more? Do you know him tonight? Do you know him personally? Don't be the person who says, I know Jesus through my mama, through my grandma. That's the problem with this generation right now is there's a, they think there's an affiliation. It don't work that way. There'll be no grandmas, no moms. Bless those mamas and grandmas' hearts that pray, 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 and speak and prophesy over their kids and grandkids, but they won't be there. You stand before Jesus on Judgment Day, they won't be there. You'll be by yourself, and you'll have to give an account. And all you got to say is, I believe, Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and you took my place. Everybody say this with me tonight. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know that. I fall short of your glory. And I need a forgiveness. I need a Savior. I know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I cannot get to heaven except through you. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross once and for all and took all my sins, all my mistakes on that cross. And you shed your blood as the ultimate sacrifice so that I could be cleansed, as 1 John says. If I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. And I believe you came out of the grave and defeated death so I can live forever. Tonight, Jesus, change me transform me, make me a new person, and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, rejoice tonight. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.